I'm feeling positive. I'm trying to be professional. Good. Face of adversity. <laughs> and, and by adversity, I mean a hangover. That's right. The show must go on. Yeah, the show must go on. And, you know, last week, Anne, we got so many likes to our Instagram post. <laughs> we sure did. It's such a mystery. I, I wish that somebody could clue us in to what it was that captivated so many people. I don't, I really don't know. I really don't know because, you know, I've started trying to add hashtags on these posts, which I don't even know if people look at hashtags anymore, but, and I did Richard, you know, the stars of the movie. Maybe it was Eric Roberts that put us over the edge. No, because we've done Eric Roberts before. <laughs> 80s, 90s erotic thrillers, which look, with that kind of response, we should focus solely on 80s, 90s erotic thrillers, but. Yeah, I know. I don't know if that's what it is. I think it might be. I really do think it might be Richard Gere. Do Italians, do Italians love Richard Gere? I don't. Is Richard Gere Italian? I don't even know. No, he's not. But I wonder, like, you know, how, how like, um, the French love Jerry Lewis. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Italians love Richard Gere. <laughs> All right. Well, this is That's Outrageous, and I am Chrissy. And I'm Anne, and this is the podcast for Richard Gere lovers, or not, or not. Maybe just Italians, Anne. Maybe we should just start. Or just Italian. Yeah. All right. Well, the, yeah, I don't have lighthearted stories. So the first story, Anne, there was a reporter in Los Angeles okay. doing a story about a tragic hit and run accident. And as he was doing the story about a fatal hit and run, two cars behind him got into an accident and one bolted from the scene. Oh my God. So he did a hit. He was doing a story on a hit and run and, and then a real life hit and run happened behind yes, him. Yes. As he was reporting. Well, that person's an idiot because didn't they see a camera? Obviously they're going to catch them. I, I, he, he said, well, because the reporter had his back to what was happening, the security guard for the, for the camera crew yelled, get back. And they moved as the car came racing towards them. That's wild. Well, I'm glad he was okay. Was the person who got hit in the hit and run. Okay. I, well, I think so. It's funny that, yeah, they did wind up, the crew wound up helping the, the victims of this accident. But the other point of the story was where this fatal hit and run happened, I guess, is like sort of a notoriously dangerous street. And then there it happened right behind him. Um, you know, what was always fun, fun in, in L.A. and they still do it. They would always um, break in on news when there was a high speed car chase. Hmm. That was the thing. And it would be like, oh, and you'd gather around. You'd be like high speed chase. And all the, all the channels, the news channels would go to the high-speed chase. And it was always a chopper, like following the chase and like people narrating it being like, oh, he's going to get on the one. Oh no. Now he's turning on to the five. Oh, look, there he's a, it's, it's always very fun. Yeah. Well, um, in this case, the license plate fell off of the car. So they're like, whoever this is should just turn themselves in because clearly it's going to take them about a nanosecond to find or not because my car got stolen in Los Angeles and they're like, well, if it turns up, we'll let you know, but we're not looking for it. 
And they had the license plate? They had everything. And they were like, <laughs> well, we'll let you know. And then sure enough, they found it on the street because it was illegally parked. And whoever had taken the car really made it their own because they blacked out the windows. They had stickers. There was a giant hookah pipe in the back seat because then they, they just impound it and take it. And then you have to go and get it. And I'm right. like, what the fuck? There was a red hot chili pepper CD in the car burned. It was like a burned CD. Really? A package of cool cigarettes on the ground and the hookah pipe. I was like, who is this person that's smoking cools and listening to red hot chili peppers? I was like fascinated. Like, I just need to know who this person is. Yeah. Yeah. They, they don't do any, they don't care. As long if no one's hurt, like they're like, we don't care. Good luck to you. So the moral of the story is you should just, you should run because no one's yeah. going to look for you. No, terrible. Yeah. Crime, crime pays. In some cases. In some cases. I was like, that's out that, no, that was outrageous. <laughs> so speaking of stolen cars, uh, well, that wasn't a stolen car. Someone stole a truck. This was in Denver. Hi. And in the back of the truck, <gasps> don't tell me there's a baby or a kid. There's always, that's always my scare. Scares me. No, I actually think this might be worse. <gasps> it was boxes of human heads. <laughs> Why? Well, they were intended for medical research. Oh my word. Yeah. That's kind of amazing. That's, that's, that is that's pretty amazing because then they pulled over and they're like, oh, let's see what I scored. And then you open it and it's boxes of heads. That's literally a horror movie. I didn't know that that's what they did with the heads. They just put them in boxes. I guess they said it was for, they said they were labeled as exempt human specimen. Don't know what that means. <laughs> and yeah, it was supposed, it was for medical research. I don't know what kind of maybe brain, but why do you need the whole head? I don't know. It's really, yeah, I don't know how I'd feel. I mean, I'm all for, you know, I would donate my, I mean, I guess, sure. Take the head. Why not? Yeah. So they still, they still have not found this truck. It's, it's still at large. With the heads inside. Yeah. The heads inside. I think that's also disturbing. Like, let's say you donate your body to science and then they steal your head. It's just very. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I think when you're trying to be noble that way and you're like, I'm donating my body to science, which my mom says she wants to do, by the way, I'm just going to donate my body to science. I'm like, All right. Um, I don't think you think it through to the point of at one point, my head is going to be in a box in the back of someone's truck. Yeah. And then someone could steal it. Wow. Yeah. All right. So, and now we're going to move on to another horror story. This could be about the human heads. We, this week watched the film from 2000, what lies beneath with Harrison Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. I loved this when it came out. I thought, it, I remember being like, this is a really good movie. Well, I have to say my first impression of it was, don't take this the wrong way in. We so rarely watch films with good actors. I was like, wow, this is like a movie with good acting in it. Yeah. And I love Michelle Pfeiffer. She's like my fave. 
Yes, Michelle Pfeiffer is excellent, excellent in this movie. Yeah, she's so, I just love her. I've always thought she's like the prettiest. I just love Michelle Pfeiffer. Well, she, and she's like, a, she's a legitimately a good actress. Yes, she is. And Harrison Ford too. I like Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford was in amazingly good shape. He had his shirt off in one scene. I was like, God, what? I didn't know Harrison Ford was like, had like abs. Well, now he's pretty old, but I mean, when, yeah. he, when he got the earring, is when I started being like, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, Harrison Ford is is delightful. Yeah, I didn't think he was like someone who was in shape. I bet he knew that he had to do that scene and start yeah. hitting the gym. Maybe. Uh, interesting fact about this movie, Anne, is that this film was done by Robert Zemeckis, who was yeah. at the time filming Castaway with Tom Hanks. Oh, really? Yes. And as you might recall, they filmed the end of that movie or sorry, they filmed that movie and then they had to take a long break so that Tom Hanks could lose a ridiculous amount of weight and appear like he'd been on an island for a long time. Yeah. And during that break is when Robert Zemeckis filmed this movie. Look at him. He's like, you know what? I'm going to put, put that time to good use. Yes. And um, also Harrison Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer were his only choices for this movie. He's like, this is who I want to do it. He's like Ford and Pfeiffer are bust. Yeah. And by golly, he got them. It was really actually very good casting because, you know, Harrison Ford always plays such a good guy. Usually, you know, he's yeah, he's a hero. He's like Air Force One and fucking Han Solo and whatever. Like you just. You're always rooting for Harrison Ford, usually in movies. Yes. And in this one, um, he legitimately plays a villain. He that and and I believe I read this is the only time in his whole career that he played a villain. Yeah. And it's the way they do it is so clever. And you go, oh, could could this be, you know, I mean, you could tell he's a creep, but then you start going, oh, is there more to him? Yeah, well, there was also much after I watched it, I was reading that so many people when this movie came out were very upset with the trailer because the trailer gives away a huge plot point. It sure does. So they're like, why did they do that? They like ruined essentially three quarters of the movie. I know. And it's a, kind of a long movie. It is. It, it is. It's over two hours yeah. long. I remember when I watched it, I was like, I don't remember being this long, but I enjoyed every minute. This is one that I did not mind it being over two hours because I enjoyed every minute because it's a slow burn. That's why it works so well. You think it's going one way and then it turns. And it goes the other. Well, okay. So the, so the, the plot in a nutshell is that Michelle Pfeiffer and Harrison Ford are, are married. Uh, they have just recently moved to Vermont. He plays a scientist. Yeah. Uh, at a university and um, they've moved into his father's, his father's deceased. They've moved into his beautiful house on a lake. Yeah. Which I also read after they filmed that movie, they destroyed that house, which I was like, you've got to be kidding me. It was the most beautiful house. I know. Why would you do that? Apparently it had some structural issues. I was like, Oh, you know, what's so funny about this movie. I was actually Stevie and I were discussing this not too long ago. How so Michelle Pfeiffer was a um professional musician. Yeah. She played the cello, right? Yeah. yeah. And like a whole plot point is that she like gave it up. She gave up the, the cello to be married to Harrison Ford. I'm like, 
why would you have to give up the cello? Like, I don't understand. There isn't a symphony any, anywhere nearby. They're in Vermont. You can't go to Boston to play yeah. a symphony. It's so weird. Yeah. She's like, I gave it all up. Meanwhile, she, well, when he met her, she was a single mother because her husband had passed away. But yeah, I guess you're supposed to think that she sort of threw herself into being a mom, although she had to do that when she was a single mom. Yeah. And also maybe just like supporting Harrison Ford, but how much support does he need? Exactly. She's like, I, I put it all in to be a perfect wife. I'm like, he's a scientist at a college. Yeah. It's not like he's a politician, you know, it, it just, that part was the only thing that I'm like, that doesn't even make sense. Well, there's actually more than a few things that don't make sense, but, but that was like, that's dumb. Yeah. So, so, and her, her only child has gone off to college. So now these two are empty nesters and um, she starts feeling like the house is haunted. Yeah. Doors are shutting. Weird things start happening. The bathtub keeps filling up. And then simultaneously, this new couple moves in next door and they're fighting. And she has this very strange interaction with the neighbor, the wife, who's crying, hysterically crying. She's like, she's always like, Mrs. Fiore. This is right. Isn't her name Fiore? Mrs. Fiore. She's yelling across the thing. I'm like, relax, Michelle. And Mrs. Fiore is like a caged animal running back and forth around this fence <laughs> never like answering her but then like crazily popping her eye back to yeah the fence. so one eye and she's like mrs fior it, it, is there anything i can do to help because in the beginning she's like i want to she just becomes fascinated by them because she's like they're fighting all the time and then they were like having sex it was just like a weird she becomes becomes kind of like wants to start investigating what's happening over there well, and also Mrs. Fuhrer could have just very normally said, oh, uh, sorry, nice to meet. Like she was just acting like a crazy person. Yes. And then she disappears. And so then Michelle Pfeiffer is spying on the next door neighbor and, her, and you know, Harrison Ford is working late nights at this lab. So she's really becoming very kind of paranoid crazy. Yeah. She, well, she thinks that the, the husband killed her. Yeah. And she thinks that the person haunting the house is this woman. Yes. That That is been murdered by her husband and you know she finds like her shoe on the ground like she's finding all of these clues that do look fishy i mean they do and he's weird and he can't it's it's what's his name from sex in the city the guy that was with samantha the businessman um he's acting very weird and he also works at the college he's a professor but every every interaction like she tries to go over there and gives them a welcome basket and he's like weird about it and throw and like throws it away so it is you know i mean it's she's not totally crazy like it, it's it looks i believed it you know like i'm going oh maybe she is she is dead and maybe that is what's happening yeah it's a hit, and his name is james remar plays lauren fuhr um this is fuhr Yes, this is like when it's very like Hitchcock, like they're looking, yeah. you know, looking through with binoculars through window. Again, this is the second week in a row that films aspire to be like Hitchcock, but don't quite exactly make it. Yeah, this is like a, a good 45 minutes of the movie is her investigating this and being pretty sure this woman's murdered. And, you know, it's it's really starting to bother her and all the things start happening in the house and it all makes sense. And, and, and Harrison Ford's like, relax, you're just empty nesting and you feel bad and just get over and it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. 
yeah and he asks people at the college about the guy and they're all like no he's fine he's everything's fine with that guy and but it but that was okay so this was i guess my first sort of issue with the movie was like that was just a big dead end because it turned out that the wife had just gone away and she wasn't dead and they were still a couple and i guess i guess the point of that was to still make michelle pfeiffer look crazy because they're like look your imagination ran wild with you and she's alive and fine yeah that that part was really funny where they when he when they see her and he and he jokingly looks like he's strangling the wife and he's like ha ha like they're laughing at her and making fun of her but i was look i was on her side it was like i would have thought the same thing i would have thought the same thing too and she she also she's she takes the bloody sandal from the the next door neighbor's porch and that was never explained like why was that rando shoe out there with blood on it yeah they were shady and the lady was weird she's like we have such an intense love or, you know, what, she, what was she saying? She's like, sometimes it just gets too intense. And I'm like, oh God. So they're a bunch of assholes and they make her look dumb. And I don't, did not like that. Yeah. When they finally, when Michelle Pfeiffer's finally can sit down with Mrs. Fuhr <laughs> and ask her what the heck was going on, her response was so strange. Exactly. That's what she's like. Do you ever just love someone too much? What? loves them so much that when they're not home you're running around your backyard screaming like a and like like a maniac a frantic animal for james remar no that does not happen to me it just didn't make sense anyway it was just very like she should be seeking some psychological help who the hell runs around their backyard like that (laughs) it was it was deranged it was deranged the other thing that they kept having was that michelle pfeiffer as she's trying to spy on these people she keeps like trying to peer over the fence and cutting herself on yeah. the fence <laughs> which i also thought was going to lead to something but that didn't seem to lead to anything it was just like why does she constantly cutting herself on this fence we will never know it was all to lead us in a different direction i guess so so then what comes to pass is what the trailer tells everybody is that it turns out that Harrison Ford had had an affair with a student, a graduate student at the college, um, who was played by, what's her name? Amber Amber Valletta. Amber Valletta, who was a huge model in the 90s, and I love her. Yeah, I feel like she always plays the pretty person that gets killed. Yeah, Um, probably. Never give her any lines. But, um, so he was having an affair with her. She went missing. Mm-hmm. never to be found yep and um michelle pfeiffer goes to um her mother's house well again here's the thing so the haunting the weird haunting type stuff is still happening yes. and then we know it's not mrs fior because at one point <laughs> at one point on it was like the computer where the initials started coming up and she's yes. like it was like M-E-F, was that what was the initials? So M-E-F. she was thinking it was Mary something Fior. Right. You know, and then she's realizing, okay, well, obviously Fior is is uh, alive and well. So who, yeah. what, who is this? Like what, who's trying to contact me? She's, oh, she has a Ouija board and, yeah. um, you know, she's, she's really like something's going on in this house and I need to figure out what, what it is or who yes. it is. Yeah. Right. And it turns out to be Mary, sorry, Madison Elizabeth Frank was her name. Yes. Yeah. So she's the one who is trying to contact Michelle Pfeiffer, basically, from the beyond. From the beyond. So she goes to see her mother 
And while she's visiting with the mother saying, oh, you never found the daughter, you know, no one knows. Of course the woman has, something happens and she's like, oh, I, can you excuse me for a minute? Leaving Michelle Pfeiffer alone in this girl's childhood bedroom where she takes a lock of her hair. Right, which is like, who just has locks of their own hair sitting out, but okay. Yeah, nobody. So she takes this lock of hair and then that you're supposed to believe lets the Madison spirit yeah. embody into Michelle Pfeiffer. Yes, which I think in some like spells and stuff, like you do need hair, so there's something to it. Yes, yes. If you yeah. give any kind of credibility to spells, yes, you might need a lock of someone. You know, you're, who are you talking to? I, of course I'm giving credibility to spells. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And, and, you know, you know, you know, I love a um, supernatural thriller. Second, if there was more sex in this movie, it would be like home run. But there isn't. Well, not that you see. Yeah. But anyway, um, so, so Harrison Ford comes home and now Michelle Pfeiffer, he doesn't realize it has the, is, is looks like Michelle Pfeiffer, but is being inhabited by Madison. Yeah. You can tell because her eyes change color. That's kind of the only thing. Yeah, they changed to green, right? From blue to green. Yeah. And uh, she's like ripping off his clothes. And, you know, she says, uh, I think she's on to us. And he says, who do you mean? And she says, your wife. But when she says your wife and she leans in, it's Amber Valletta's face. Yeah. I love that part. I think she's on to it. And she kind of like, you know, the way she speaks is a little bit different. Yeah. So that's his first clue that, oh, something's happening. Yeah, she knows. She knows. Well, because in what, and another thing that they kind of don't um, they allude to several times in this in this movie is her accident. They keep talking about her accident when she had the accident. Yes. And, you know, we're like, oh, what, what, what was it? What are they talking about? And apparently she had gotten in this car accident and and was having trouble um, coping with it. The aftermath. And she didn't remember what happened or why she was, you know, so a lot, I think Harrison Ford talks up a lot of these things that she's doing to like, oh, you still haven't recovered from the accident. But what she realizes, what caused the, the accident, which was that she came home, found Harrison Ford with Amber Valletta, was so freaked out that she took off, smashed her car, and then basically, you know, had temporary, I don't know, what is that, amnesia, whatever. She didn't remember yeah. see, seeing him with her. Right. So he's been like, whew, that was a close one, you know, because she doesn't remember this at all. So he's been acting like everything's been fine, but she didn't realize he had been having an affair. And then it came back to her in right. the recesses of her mind. It's returned. Right. So, so right at that moment. So then she says this to Harrison Ford and then he confesses. Okay. Yes. I was having an affair with this woman. She was one of my graduate students. He she wanted him to leave Michelle Pfeiffer. He told Madison, no, she became like crazy. Yeah, of course. Always. It's always like the woman just went crazy because they couldn't, you know, resist me anymore. It's, it's, you know, they usually only happens to Michael Douglas. This time it's happening to Harrison Ford. Exactly. The woman loses their mind. Well, and it's funny because I read if someone said, someone said, oh, if Michael Douglas had been cast in this role, you would have known from the beginning that he had cheated on his wife. But it's because it's Harrison Ford. 
Exactly. You're like, no, this has to be like a supernatural thing that's happening. I, I assume in every Michael Douglas movie, he's cheating on his wife, whether or not it's even in the plot. I'm just like, well, that's definitely happening for sure. We just aren't talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. So he tells Michelle Pfeiffer that he came home one day, found Madison in their home, dead of an overdose. She had written a letter to Claire. He burned the letter and he put Madison in her car and then pushed it into a lake. Yes, because he didn't, he was nervous it would, you know, and rightfully so, ruin his career and all that kind of stuff. Although I don't even know if it would, would it? I don't even know. It doesn't even, it doesn't add up. It, all the things that he says that he was doing don't add up. I mean, it's like professors have affairs with students all the time. Like, that's just a thing that happens. Like, would that ruin your career? I don't think it would, would it? If it, I, well, I, th- I think that's also why they said it was a graduate student. I think if it was an undergrad, yes, I think it could ruin right. your career because they would be under 21, let's say. Right. But a graduate student? No. Yeah. Like, I don't think, sure, people would whisper and he'd, his reputation maybe wouldn't be the best, but I don't think it would impact his work because the whole thing is he's working on this, on this huge um, drug that he's, you know, these break, this breakthrough drug and, and, you know, he has this team of scientists and they're all working on it. So to think that because he was having an affair with someone would jeopardize that, it doesn't make any sense. Although Jeff Zucker just got ousted for having an affair. Yeah, but that was lots of other stuff. That was someone he worked with. You know, it's a little bit different. Yeah. Well, anyway, yes. So she is like, well, you should call the police right now and tell them. So he calls 911, says, I need, I have information about this missing girl. Please come to the house. He hangs up the phone. Now, this is even more, uh, he says, I'm going to get in the shower. I was like, at this point, you're turning yourselves into the authorities and you're like, I'm going to go take a shower. Like, why does that make any sense? He, he needed to decompress. Well, as we then find out, I mean, that was, that should have been her first clue that things aren't right. Yeah. She's then, you know, she's, of course, she's all freaked out. She's in a fragile state. She then decides, oh, let me go upstairs where he's taking a shower. But right when I get to the top of the stairs, I'm going to check the phone to see if he actually called 911. Yes, which was smart to do. Well, she should have done that uh, maybe outside of the house, in the car, on her way the hell out of there. Because she checks the phone. Of course, he did not call 911. And then suddenly he's behind her giving her this paralyzing agent. Yes. The drug he's working on. Yeah. And again, why he feels the need that he has to murder his wife now, I don't quite understand. Like He created very high stakes that weren't really (laughs) needed. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Killing someone is definitely over the top. And now he's going to do it again because... His wife that he that he loves that we think I mean it's they seem to have a very good relationship. Yes. Oh yeah, they do. They and then but of course when he starts saying you know why he had the affair, of course he blames his wife, saying that she wasn't there for him. She was you know too busy with her daughter. I was like, I think she's already said that she's given everything up for you. She gave up the cello. What more do you want? She gave up the cello, and he's of course blaming her. That's why he had to have an affair. Of course. Okay. Yeah. Of course. I will say something. So he, um, before this whole thing happens, right before 
Michelle Pfeiffer is seemingly going crazy. She's she goes outside. She's at the end of the dock. She jumps in and she's propelled to the bottom of the lake where she just right like a like a torpedo. She hits this box. Yeah, it like pulls her to it. Madison is like calling to her, you know, is like basically trying to give her clues, you know, as to like what's happening. You know, she's she's kind of her guardian angel in a way because she's like, I, I need to make you aware of these things. Exactly. And so she takes this box and inside is her pendant, which is in the photo of her as a missing person. Right. That becomes key because she puts on the pendant. Yeah. And that pendant was something that Harrison Ford had bought her on a romantic weekend away. So anyway, so so now back to the house, he's he has paralyzed her and he wasn't in the shower. He was, again, filling up the bathtub. They love to fill up a lot of water. A lot of water was, 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 was used in this film. Yeah. And so he puts her in the bathtub and she's paralyzed. And so the idea is she's going to drown in this bathtub because she can't move. And he, while she's sitting there, he calls her best friend and is like, I'm working late at the lab. Can you just check on Claire tomorrow morning? Just make sure she's okay. So that he knows that this body will be found. Right. Because he, he, I think at that point she had been like kicked him out and everything because the affair was exposed. So he's like, Oh, I just, I feel really bad. So just go check on her. Yeah, exactly. Who's the, who's the best friend again? Um, her name is, I have it here. Her name is Diana Scarwood. Yes. Diana Scarwood. That's right. I love Diana Scarwood. So, so as she's sitting there with the water slowly rising, he then can and scary by the way can you imagine it was so cr- the whole thing was very very creepy for sure Awful. uh yeah so that's when he gives her the full confession he's like yes yeah. so she didn't really od i killed her real quick i full murdered um before and i'm gonna do it again right now i'm actively doing it now yeah and he he told her he drowned this girl so drowning people is uh what he likes to do i guess <laughs> drowning people is what he likes to do uh and he then in fact put the body in the car and threw it in the lake and that was all because madison was going to go to the college dean about the affair and he couldn't let her do that and he knew that he really loved claire again ridiculous but okay yeah so the whole thing so she the water's rising he decides to give her one last kiss before leaving her there and as he goes to kiss her he notices the pendant around her neck, which in that moment turns Michelle Pfeiffer's face into the dead face of Madison. Yep. Which freaks him out so badly that he flies backwards, hits his head on the sink and then falls to the floor. And he's like now bleeding. Yeah. Like bleeding profusely. Yeah. Bleeding profusely from the head. But she's still there. Water's filling up, still paralyzed. Yeah. And then... (laughs) So he's laying on the floor. Her sedative is starting to wear off. He should have done a better job with that because that didn't last very long. Yeah, back to the drawing board on that one, doctor. So the sedative starts to wear off. She's able to turn off the water and- She can use her toes. She gets her toes to move. It's really clever. She gets her toes to move and is able to basically pull the stop. Right. Now, the last time we saw Harrison Ford, he was lifeless on the floor of the bathroom. Somehow during this- you know, frantic trying to get the plunger out. 
he has now gone down the stairs. Yeah. Now he's, so she can get up. She's like, got to get out of the house. She sees him laying face down at the bottom of the stairs. Right. He appears to be dead. How he got from the bathroom floor to the bottom of the stairs, don't know. And we all know when you see somebody that appears to be dead, don't investigate. No. Don't investigate. Go out the back door. Well, just go. Have it just go. Yeah. Like we, we all know this. Yes. Everybody knows this. This is when it becomes so ridiculous. I mean, there's so many ridiculous things, but, but the phone, I think the whole thing is he's, he, the phone is underneath him and she wants to get to the phone. That's what it was. Okay. Because the phone is off the hook. So she can't call. Right. She tried on a different phone. The phone was off the hook. She found the phone off the hook, but it's under his body. She tries to reach for it. But then she's like, I just should leave and take the cell phone because there's a very rudimentary cell phone. Right. Because this is the year 2000. Yes. And also they're in Vermont. And I was in Vermont this past summer and 20 years later, they still have terrible cell phone reception. Yeah. So we know from a previous scene that the first place you can get cell reception is on the middle of this bridge. Yes. So she hops into this truck. She tries the car first, doesn't work. She goes to the truck. The truck is pulling a boat. Yeah. Now we are supposed to believe that Harrison Ford, who moments before is lying lifeless on the floor, has gotten up very quickly and gotten into the back of a boat. Yeah. To the point where she can't see, even though she's looking behind her constantly, looking behind her, she takes off in the truck. Of course, as soon as she gets cell reception, Harrison Ford has now, who has a mortal injury, has gone from the boat to the back of the pickup truck to smashing the window of the pickup truck. And now he's trying to physically kill her in the car, in the truck. Yes, because she has to stop. I mean, it's like she stops on the bridge. Okay, okay, let me make the call. 911, what's an emergency, you know? And then she's screaming because now he's attacking her and she has now hit the gas again. Yes. She's like, I'm on the bridge, I'm on the bridge, come get me, he's killing me. This is Fiora, I'm on the bridge, this is Fiora, come find me. <laughs> you, you owe me one, Mrs. Fiora. <laughs> because he's trying to kill her and she's driving a car, they crash into, of course, the lake. Naturally. Yes, the boat was still attached, which they didn't get into. I don't think that truck would have sunk so quickly with a boat attached to it, but. I, I don't know. I don't know. The, I don't know the mechanics around that. Yeah, well, they almost, it was like the thing was going down so fast. I think they, you're supposed to forget that there's a boat attached to it because you never saw the boat again. Wouldn't it go down faster? But have more weight? I don't know because I would think, I hate to say it, I would think the boat would sort of float. There's no holes in the boat. <laughs> like the boat would. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, but anyway, they start, of course, going in. Now, again, here comes the water again. Now the water's filling the cab of the truck and they're trying to breathe. And he's just like, baby, we're going down together. Like, this is it. The old classic, I'm taking you with me. Again, 101, you know. Yeah, exactly. And so it looks real bad for Michelle Pfeiffer. His, his foot is stuck from the crash. So he's not getting out. But he does that thing that's so creepy where he like, takes her head and pushes it under the water like he he i i will say harrison ford missed out i think he should have played more evil characters that's the other thing it's really hard to believe that this guy who 
I mean, how old is he? He's got to be pushing 60 at that point. Yeah. Has had a complete personality reversal where not only like maybe you could believe that he was desperate and had to kill Amber Valletta, but the woman that he's now been married to for almost 20 years, he's just callously drowning. Well, maybe that's what he really was like on the, you know, he just never showed it. I mean, he was, cause it wasn't like he was just killing her in a panic. Like he was doing it in a gleeful way. Like he, that's what I'm saying. He has that, um, you know, he's a scientist doctor. Like he has that God complex. I maybe he wants these women to do what he wants them to do. And when they don't, he, that's unacceptable to him. And he kills them. So it's again, not looking good. And then in the nick of time, because of course they crashed right where he had killed, uh, Madison, her body, her, which is now, you know, fully inhabited by her comes and grabs Harrison Ford, pulling him down to the depths. And he is, Michelle Pfeiffer is able to get away and live. Yeah. So she saves her. Madison saves Michelle Pfeiffer. Madison saves Michelle Pfeiffer. And then you fast forward about six months and Claire is at the grave of Madison, leaving a single red rose. Yeah. Cause she fucking saved her. Yeah, this movie, I mean, listen, again, wonderful acting. It's just the story was so absurd. The whole end with Madison, the she's- I love that part. Uh, she's like, don't worry, Claire. I got, I'll take it from here. It almost reminded me like of a Sylvester Stallone, like Rambo movie where you literally can't kill Rambo. He just like keeps coming back. It's just like so incredible that that's what's supposed to happen. I love the ending. I think it's super fun. That's what you want out of these movies. You want where he falls down. You think he said, oh, but he's not dead. He's in the back of the boat. Is any of this realistic? No, but it's fun. I think it would have been better if they went with like more of a psychological thriller. You know what I mean? Like that didn't, that didn't resort to all these ghosts and stuff. I love ghosts. (laughs) I love ghost stuff. So for me, this hits all, all the marks. Well, and the craziest thing is, I don't know if you know this, Anne, but apparently there was a Charlie's Angels episode called Of Ghosts and Angels from 1980. Okay. That this film is almost a verbatim ripoff of. Really? Wait, 1980. So that was when it was... Shelly Hack. Yeah, Shelly Hack, because Farrah had already left. Okay. Michelle Pfeiffer was basically playing the Shelly Hack role of that episode in which a woman is haunted by the ghost of a husband's deceased wife who guides her to solve the crime i love that i hope i want them to make a hundred more movies like that (laughs) and in both the husband was the murderer um there were actually apparently scenes that were almost verbatim there's the husband made fun of his wife in front of her in front of her friend which also happened uh in this movie they said it's almost the dialogue in that scene when when um when harrison ford is telling the friends about michelle pfeiffer thinking there's ghosts is almost word for word the same from the charlie's angels episode i've got to watch this charlie's angels episode yeah they also had that one had a treasure chest scene holy shit yeah the they also had documents newspaper clippings and a photograph and a missing piece of jewelry from the deceased woman to help solve the crime. 
Oh, did the writer sue? No, they said that apparently they added on to the basic storyline enough its origins and not have to admit the thievery so as not to pay royalties. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. I mean, you know, yeah, this story's definitely been done before. I've seen a lot of TV movies where it's, there's a ton of movies where it's like the ghost is trying to tell the person to solve the crime or whatever. There's a million of them and I love them all. But to have the same dialogue and stuff is pretty sh- shady. Oh yeah, apparently it was like, well, no, everyone's like, yeah, this is a Charlie's Angels episode from 1980. I'm first of all shocked that I have not seen that episode. Um, And I'm going to have to remedy that quickly. Yes. I worked with a woman years ago, Joanna Kajigas, still friends. She had seen, I wish I could, I was trying to remember this last night. I think it was definitely, it was definitely Remington Steel and another, oh, I think it was the X-Files. I think it was Remington Steel and the X-Files that the X-Files had stolen a Remington Steel plot. And she literally had tape, because this is when we still had VHSs. Yeah. She had two VHS tapes and she kept like showing the original and then showing the X-Files. It was like, we're like, yeah, that's that's legit. They stole that. This is a woman after my own heart. Oh yeah, she was very passionate about it. Well, she was right too. She was definitely right. I'm like, they clearly stole this. It was <sighs> like, it was the same thing. It wasn't like, Oh, there was one plot point that was the same. It was like right. the same episode. Like, I wonder if they were like in the writer's room and someone's like, I remember this episode of Remington Steel. <laughs> and they were like, oh, what happened? Oh, and this happens. We should do something like that. Yeah. And they probably thought, oh, this was 20 years ago. And it was one episode of Charlie's Angels. Who's going to make that connection? Well, apparently people do. People love Charlie's Angels. Yeah. So I don't know, Anne. I think I have to give this a Muldine. I'm still going full Muldoon because I still love it. I was very, listen, I was very tense and on the edge of my seat. And again, I thought the acting was super, like really very, very good. So, so that's why I'm going Muldoon, but it just became, it just all the ghost stuff. It just became too ridiculous. I thought you would like this one. I liked it, but I was like, gosh, this, I felt like it just could have ended better or had like a better what better ending can there be than a literal corpse ghost comes from the depths of the sea to a, a, to to simultaneously enact vengeance and save someone? What kind, What more do you want? I think, again, I think it just became, like, listen, it just became, that's when it becomes, la- like, when you're like, this is so, you could laugh at it, that's when it's not... Not good. I'll go back again to next, last week's episode. Primal fear. Primal fear didn't resort to these things. And then you're like, oh my, like when he, when Edward Norton had his twist, you were like so taken off guard. In this movie, when Harrison Ford had his twist, you're like, well, yeah, because A, the trailer told you this and B, he's already confessed once. So the fact that now he's confessing again is like, I, it just was. Oh, brother. Maybe Robert Zemeckis was too distracted by how much weight Tom Hanks was losing. Was he just getting like daily reports? How many pounds now? Yeah. He's like, we got to wrap this up because <laughs> this is going to be dangerous for Hanks soon. So we got to make sure he's all right. <laughs> I'm going to go for an Oscar with Castaway. So let's just get this one done. All right, Anne. Well, I will say again, I very much enjoyed watching a movie with good acting. Oh, <laughs> as opposed to the usual. As even, even, I mean, listen, this was much better acting than final analysis. True. 
I will say there's a new Muldoon out where he there's a dog and he plays some sort of sheriff. Is he in that movie or is he just the producer? He's in it because I saw it. There's a lot, a part where he goes um, in the trailer. He says, there can only be one alpha, alpha dog in this uh, town and it's me. Oh, and I was like, oh, like alpha wolf. That's alpha. right. Wink, wink. Maybe he's saying that for the fans. But um, I was going to say, we're discovering Easter eggs that were never intended to be there. That's right. <laughs> but he's like, somehow wanting to like get this dog why i don't i don't know why he's mad at the dog um he's mad at the dog yeah he's like trying to like catch the dog i think <laughs> sheriff i mean i might have to just see why and just watch it yeah i might have to look into that one yeah oh boy all right Anne. the world is our oyster that's right all right well again worth seeing but ending falls flat and I say worth seeing, and it's a great ending. A great ending. What do you want? Fireworks? Oh, what more could they have done? Let some fireworks off the bridge. That's it. <laughs> All right. Until until our next erotic thriller. Yes. Until then. Farewell. Watch Charlie's Angels. That's what I'm gonna do. Yes. 1980. Outrageous.